Hello, and welcome to Objective Health. I'm your host, Doug. With me in the virtual studio is Elliot. And behind the scenes, on the ones and twos, is Damien. Hello. Keeping it real. So, today on Objective Health, we are doing another in-the-news type show that's talking about, we th again, we decided to do something a little bit different today and started, uh, decided to talk about vaccines. So, um, well, let's jump right into it. One thing that was making the rounds uh, this week is uh, an article that came out in the expose, which is out of the UK, um, July 17th. Whilst you were distracted by Boris resigning, the UK government quietly published a report confirming the vaccinated account for 94% of all COVID-19 deaths since April, 90% of which are triple or quadruple jabbed. So a lot of people, uh, you probably saw um, some of the graphs in that article circulating in tweets and whatnot uh, going around. Um, the first one there, the first graph, you can see there's a, uh, a the disparity between the vaccinated and the unvaccinated as far as deaths. Um, COVID-19 deaths specifically. Um, and you can see there's quite the disparity there. Scrolling down a little bit more, they're showing uh, the next graph is real-world COVID-19 vaccine effectiveness among triple vaccinated population in England. And you can see the waning immunity that's actually being uh, recorded there. And those are different uh, age groups. And you see for all the age groups, you basically have immunity tanking. Now, we've done shows before on this. We talked about how um, the vaccines seem to actually induce some sort of immune system failure, I guess you could say. Um, kind of like you get a boost as, as soon as you get the vaccine, and then in the weeks and months that follow, your immune system starts to tank out. Um, you can look back at our show on that. Uh, and then there's another graph going down where they... Um, compare the unvaccinated to the vaccinated versus the triple vaccinated. <clears throat> vaccinated being uh, the initial two doses, I believe. So anyway, there is, um, I mean, this is pretty shocking. On, on the one hand, I mean, this, this article is getting some um, flack because the fact of the matter is in England, the vast majority of people are vaccinated, if we're to believe the statistics. And so you would expect that the majority of COVID-19 deaths, well, you wouldn't expect it if the vaccines actually worked. You wouldn't expect you wouldn't expect that there would be any vaccinated deaths. But since they don't work, you would expect that most of the deaths are going to be in vaccinated people simply because the population of vaccinated people is so much greater. But uh, there was another article on the Daily Skeptic. How the ONS makes the vaccines look good by missing millions of unvaccinated from the population. Now, this author is a little bit critical of that, um, the graphs that are floating around. He doesn't specifically call out the expose, but um, he's a little critical of the graphs that are floating around because he said they don't actually tell the whole story. Um, if, uh, Damien, if you scroll down to the first graph there, he shows the, um, sorry, that's the, yeah, the next graph. That's the just from the the previous article. So here he's just showing um, the ONS data, and you can see from their data they're actually showing that the unvaccinated um, compared to the triple vaccinated, most of the deaths are coming from the unvaccinated in all the age categories. So the unvaccinated actually are trumping them. But 
as he says in the article, the devil is in the details. The guy with the the author of this article basically runs down is that the ONS is actually using the wrong population for the UK. Um, <clears throat> he says that the ONS, they, so he did some, some tinkering to figure out their numbers and like, you know, by the way that they've actually um, published this, this graph, he figured out that the total population that they're using is 35 million in the UK. That's really low. Yeah. Um, the ONS themselves give an estimate of around 44.5 million over the age of 18, whereas NIMS, N-I-M-S, I'm not sure what, what organization that is, but they say that it's 51 million is the population over 18. So um, he said that by using those numbers, they've, they've actually like basically fudged things so that it makes it look like the unvaccinated are, are in fact having more deaths. But if you scroll down, to the graph where he's done it um, with the adjust, you know, adjusting it for the proper population of the UK. And you suddenly see that unvaccinated versus vaccinated with any dose. So not just like he hasn't broken it down by single dose, double dose, triple dose, quadruple dose, whatever it might be. You can see that those um, deaths actually outnumber the unvaccinated deaths. So... So like you just said, they've basically missed out on like uh, up to 15 million people, mm -hmm. you know, who are over the age of 18. And that's not even factoring in the kids right. who have not, uh, you know, who've been vaccinated. But this is only for, you know, this this data set is specifically looking at adults over 18. Mm -hmm. So what they've done is they've missed out 15 million people. Who, who basically we don't know like what the mortality rate for for these people was like the question is why did they miss out on 15 million people like if you have data on mortality like across the board and you know how many people are vaccinated then i mean there could be some reason you know some kind of technicality maybe there's some some reason why they might have a less access to certain numbers mm. but 15 million people seems like it's a lot yeah it does definitely it's it's pointed to as he mentioned in the article that this is kind of it looks as though it's been fudged to yeah. look a certain way they yeah. want to pr pr they want people to perceive or they want to promote the perception uh of the data in a certain way when actually it's it's very misleading mm-hmm yeah, in the final graph, he actually shows the uh, non-COVID deaths by vaccination status. And that graph is similarly interesting. You can see that the... Um, uh, Damien, maybe you could pull that up. It's the final graph in the, in the article there. Um, it shows... Uh, the disparity between the unvaccinated and the vaccinated. Now, that, you know, we get into speculation here, like, you know, why would that be? I mean, those are non-COVID deaths. I mean, it's for one thing to say that the, the COVID vaccine is making people more susceptible to COVID, which, again, is something that we've covered on this show uh, multiple times before. But it's like, why non-COVID deaths? Why are those going higher? What could be causing that? I wonder. Could it be the vaccines? Well, what we do know and what we've been speaking about for a very long time 
is that many of the deaths that have been occurring shortly after vaccination have not been reported as vaccination side effects Mm -hmm. and they have not been reported some of them have been reported as covid deaths but what we do know is that this vaccine has has just produced a tremendous number of side effects fatal side effects in many people Mm -hmm. um uh, to a to a to an extent not seen with any other vaccine now um interestingly another article by the daily skeptic uh, was titled Deaths After Vaccination in Pfizer Trial Not Fully Investigated, New Documents Reveal. So it turns out that the Pfizer vaccine, um, when they were originally testing it out, uh, there were all kinds of side effects and there were all kinds of uh, deaths yes. which were occurring shortly after having the vaccine. So they give a couple of different... Um, a couple of, 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 of different like scenarios. One is of a 56-year-old woman was given two doses of vaccine on July 30th and August 20th, 2020, and died from cardiac arrest two months later. Now, interestingly, in the Pfizer report, it says, in the opinion of the investigator, there was no reasonable possibility that the cardiac arrest was related to the study intervention, meaning that there's no, <laughs> there's no sign that the vaccine caused the cardiac arrest and the death. Now, uh, uh, another case of this um, was uh, an, another sixty-year-old uh, man who died three days, so not two months, but three days after the vaccine. Uh, they stated that the probable cause of death was progression of atherosclerotic disease. Uh, again, they said that there's no reasonable possibility of a link to the vaccine, but um, but it says that, and, and it says that auto- autopsy results were not available at this time. So basically, uh, they were underreporting the deaths, like mm-hmm. very early on, to promote this idea that the vaccine was safe and effective. So we know that the original Pfizer data showed that it had very little efficacy, if any. Um, it basically didn't work against COVID. And what we also know, and there's lots of information come out since that point that these big pharmaceutical companies were underreporting on side effects. They were underreporting on deaths mm-hmm. and they were overestimating or overreporting on the efficacy. Basically they lied to everyone. They yeah. lied about the safety of the vaccine. They lied about the effectiveness of the vaccine. Um, it was, it was just a, a massive psyop from the get go really. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And like the point the, that the author makes in this is like, how can they be so sure that there was um, that it wasn't linked to the vaccine, that the, the deaths weren't linked to the vaccine, if there was no autopsy performed, or if there was exactly. no autopsy results available at the time? It's like you can't make that call. You're just guessing at that point. Like they're just kind of like, well, we don't want it to be the vaccine, so it's not the vaccine. Yeah. Well, it's very uh, it's very convenient that the autopsy results were not pursued. I mean, you'd think that in a, a large scale clinical trial on a drug that has known side effects or that has the high likelihood of side effects, you would think that they would uh, engineer, you know, a situation where someone could get an autopsy because if they had yeah. actually wanted to know, then they 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 would they would facilitate that. Yeah. Uh, clearly, they were not all that interested yeah they knew they didn't Um, want to know yeah so yeah i mean getting back to that other graph i mean what started this 
conversation about this article was that um, what could be causing um, all-cause mortality to go up among the vaccinated. Another possibility I thought of was that, you know, the vaccine, it's not, it's not as well um, um, talked about, but it does seem to cause some mental uh, problems as well. So I wonder if maybe, I mean, maybe this is a bit of a stretch, but maybe um, the vaccinated people are uh, maybe not as cognizant of their environment or more, and more prone to accidents or something along those lines. That could be causing increases in death amongst the vaccinated. I don't know. Yeah, it's, it's difficult to say because, you know, because it says all cause mortality other mm. than COVID. Well, the question is like, uh, I mean, any, any number of the uh, cardiovascular events, of, oftentimes it's not attributed to to uh, to COVID. It's not attributed to COVID COVID vaccine side effects. It, I mean, it could be any number of, mm-hmm. of of things that this vaccine causes is known to cause, and it could be months afterwards, right? Yeah. So we know that in other countries, all cause mortality has gone up as well. Mm-hmm. Um, excess mortality has been um, very high in Chile, in fact. Uh, there was a recent um, statistic published just talking about how, interestingly, it's talking about how Chile being like this, it's got the highest GDP per capita in uh, in South America. So, so one of the best economies, one of the best standards of living. And, um, and it's talking about why that might be one of the reasons for this rapid vaccine rollout. They, they achieved a very quick vaccine rollout. They achieved very high numbers of vaccinated. So if you look at the UK vaccine rate, for instance, UK vaccine rate is, it's estimated to be 74% of the population, right? Whereas Chile achieved 90 or more than 90% uh, double vaccinations um, so far. And, and this, this happened really quite quickly. Uh, and so what they found was that the vaccine effectiveness was not great, but what they also found was that the excess mortality, um, is, yeah. So sorry, wait there. I'm, I'm, I'm a bit lost here. Mm. Uh, let me find where I was. Right. Yeah. Okay. So um, after the vaccinations were rolled out, and this was um, in January 2022, they were finding that excess mortality peaked at 63%, which was greater than when the countries uh, had originally come into contact with COVID in early March 2020. Mm-hmm. So after they rolled out this vaccine, they found that uh, there was a massive spike in deaths. And again, it's 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 interesting, interesting be, because this could not be blamed on COVID. This mm-hmm. was not COVID. In fact, I mean, by January 2022, COVID is all all but gone. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it all but really gone. And and there was what the the what what they call it Omicron variant mm-hmm. or whatever. Uh, I'm not sure about those other countries, but it was really kind of it was dwindling down even by that point. Certainly so they had deaths this... were, yeah, right. deaths deaths were were basically, you know, tanking when the Omicron thing came out. Everybody was talking about how it was a milder variant 
Um, I mean, you know, infection numbers were still relatively high, but it was, it, you know, hospitalizations and, uh, and deaths were, were down. Yeah, and and the interesting thing is is that Ch Chile claims that the uh, the vaccine effectiveness rate is eighty six percent, right? Eighty six percent. Yet, why is it that all of a sudden, um, you know, when they have a massive surge of vaccines, that many of them start uh, many of them start dying? Mm -hmm. uh, apparently, this was found in twenty twenty one as well. So not just in Jul uh, January twenty twenty two, but also uh, in um, in twenty twenty one. So. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it just seems a little bit coincidental. And we've reported on this like numerous times before when the countries em employ vaccine rollouts, whether it's boosters, whether it was the initial vaccine rollouts, whether it's whatever it is, you see an increase in deaths. Mm -hmm. You see an increase in excess mortality. There's, you know, I wrote an article about it several months ago now. There's very, very, very uh, clear increases in adolescent mortality, in cardiovascular events, in deaths from from all, all causes other than COVID. Mm -hmm. So that I mean, at this point, it's it's like a it's a fact that all cause mortality tends to go up, or excess deaths tend to go up where there are vaccines. So mm -hmm. I mean, that's just about as uh, causal as as you're gonna get, I think. Mm -hmm. Definitely. Well, there was another article <clears throat> written by Mercola. Unfortunately, you can't find it on his site anymore because he takes his articles down after 48 hours. Um, but it is up on SOT.net. Are COVID-19 shot trials results rigged? An analysis. And this one is actually quite... I shouldn't say shocking because honestly, like at this point, nothing really shocks me about what these corrupt pharmaceutical companies and the FDA and CDC, WHO, all these companies, like all these organizations, the stuff that they're doing is not, it's not shocking, but it's just, it's, it, well, it's still shocking to a certain extent. Anyway, what basically happened is that um, the Food and Drug Administration sneaked in a future framework scheme that will allow Pfizer and Moderna to reformulate and release updated COVID shots without conducting any additional human clinical trials other than what's already been done. In other words, what they're doing is tinkering with the vaccine that's currently out there, COVID-19 vaccine, mRNA vaccine, and uh, changing it to try and uh, make it more in line with uh, current strains that are out there. But they're changing the vaccines, but they aren't going to do any more safety trials on it. They're going to say, no, nah, it's equivalent. It's the same thing. We can just, uh, we can just go ahead, proceed as if, uh, as if it's the same vaccine, which is... <laughs> it's just it's really just really bad practice you know it's like you can't you can't go in and like change the vaccine significantly and then just go on with it and assume that the safety trials that are already done on a previous version of the vaccine are going to apply i mean they know this too that's the thing about it like they know that what they're doing is is dodgy but they're doing it because just to get the vaccine out there to keep on this money train that they've got going already you know 
trials are expensive. Trials take time. It's going to be forever uh, for them to go through the whole uh, clinical trial process and then get the vaccine uh, released via um, normal um, procedures. So it's it's basically just a way for them to just keep the money train going, um, come out with a new and improved vaccine so everybody will jump immediately think that their vaccine that they had last was uh, not good enough because they got to get the new thing. It's just like the new iPhone, right? You got to get the latest one. The old one's instantly a piece of garbage. So everybody's going to jump on the bandwagon and get the new uh, COVID vaccine that has not been safety tested at all. You know, you know the current safety tests for the current batch of vaccines haven't been completed yet. Like they're not done with that safety testing. That's still out there, and they're going to change it and come up with a new one. So it's not even like they're 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 changing an existing vaccine that hasn't been fully safety tested, and they're not going to safety test that one. It's just insane. It's uh, that that they are undoubtedly going to get away with this is insane. Yeah, it's well and truly ridiculous. Um, it's ridiculous how how this is being facilitated, you know, how you've got so much corruption uh, within the wider, you know, health regulatory framework that these companies are basically just allowed to do whatever they want. Mm-hmm. Um, it, yeah, ridiculous is, is the only way that I can, I can think of putting it. I mean, it's obvious now that, I don't mean to beat a dead horse, but it's just so blatantly obvious that these these people have zero concern for the health and protection and safety of of the average person. They they just do not care. Um, they they really could not care. Yeah, they just want more money, more profit, more power, and mm-hmm. that that it's just infected their minds, and they're basically willing to do anything anything to get that. Uh, in that article, he talks about something that we've actually been uh, discussing is that vaccine trials are routinely rigged. We know that. We've seen that they, they fudge the data very frequently. Mm-hmm. Uh, they don't record injuries. They record them improperly. They list an injury as a pre-existing condition. Mm-hmm. Uh, and these are all kind of uh, strategies to make it seem more safe than it actually is. He speaks about an analysis of the HPV vaccine trials. Uh, If you don't know, HPV vaccine, otherwise known and more commonly known as Gardasil. Mm -hmm. There's many young females who were damaged, uh, permanently uh, made ill from this vaccine. Uh, It's been implicated in cancers and all kinds of things. Mm -hmm. Uh, Anyway, this, this particular analysis... Um, they found that 70, uh, sorry, this analysis looked at 24 studies and they found that serious harms were incompletely reported for 72% of participants. 72%. Yeah. Nearly all control participants received active comparators, blah, 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 blah. blah. Well, that's, that's uh, important, actually. We've talked about yeah, that Yeah, no, before. it is. Yeah. yeah. There was no control, basically. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Nine, 99% of them were not given a control. It was not compared against saline or something like that. It was something which was biologically active. Which exactly. I, I don't know what it was in, in this study, but if it's anything like other studies, then they will have used some kind of a 
a non-HPV vaccine, exactly. but still a vaccine adjuvant such as thimerosal, containing mercury or aluminium, all those kinds of things, right? Yeah. It's a way for them to rule out some of the side effects. A full year's follow-up, the HPV vaccine decreased HPV related cancer precursors and treatment procedures, but increased serious nervous system disorders, exploratory analysis, and general harms. Yeah, I've seen this clinically. Uh, I've seen many young females who have taken the HPV vaccine and develop chronic fatigue syndrome, myalgic encephalomyelitis, nervous system problems, dysautonomia, POTS. These are all really common, and they're typically characteristic of uh, acute toxicity and can be due to the heavy metals or whatever it is that's in the vaccines that's causing this. But uh, but again, they fudge the data. They they didn't report the um, the dangers, and so this is really what most of our public health recommendations and advice is based on: is this data, which is absolutely skewed from the get go. It's garbage. Garbage. They may as well just be making it up, really. Like, they have so many ways of twisting the numbers and getting the results that they want to that... It, it, why are they even doing trials at this point? They should just, like, have somebody go home, pull an all-nighter, write up the study. There it is. He, he also talks about the, the Pfizer trials for the COVID vaccine. We've spoken about this before, but it bears um, repeating... There's the fact that 3,000 of the 4,500 children aged six months through four years old enrolled in Pfizer's pediatric COVID trial were excluded is a huge red flag. Mm. Even more suspicious is the fact that Pfizer doesn't explain why two-thirds of the children were dropped. So so one of the the tactics that they might use is that rather than under-reporting injury, in fact... If something happens, if there's a negative effect, they can just get rid of the study participant. Exactly. Just just immediately exclude them from the study and don't even explain why. That means that you don't have to fudge data. Yeah. You can retain all of the study participants that had no identifiable immediate side effects and get rid of all the ones that did. Therefore, your vaccine is 100% safe. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is the kind of strategy that they use and it's i mean it's pure evil like yeah. pure evil because yeah. dealing with kids as well it's not even like consenting adults these are children up to six months old i mean it doesn't get much worse than this guys that's true so needless to say um you'd have to be an idiot at this point to run out and get the new covid vaccine when it comes out not that I think that that particular warning is going to convince very many people. People have pretty much made up their minds what side uh, what side they're on at this point. Um, but honestly, like, it, <laughs> I don't know how this thing can possibly not cause dangerous side effects and deaths. Like the, they're just they're not doing any safety studies on it. It's like that's, it's astounding. It's astounding. Yeah, so stay away. Yeah. Sorry, go ahead, Elliot. No, I was just agreeing. Yeah, yeah. Stay away from that vaccine, kids. Really? It's pretty crazy. Who knows when we'll actually see that? They say, they estimate that they... Well, it, this is actually kind of funny because 
it says um, there, uh, Mercola is quoting uh, Toby Rogers, PhD, a political economist whose research focuses on regulatory capture of big pharma corruption. And he explains how they sneak this one by. Um, yeah, it says yesterday, which was June 28th, the FDA's Vaccines and Related Biological Products Advisory Committee approved a bi bivalent COVID-19 shot with the Wuhan strain of the Omicron variant. At the meeting, the manufacturers, Moderna, Pfizer, and Novavax, were asked what their production timelines are. And they said out loud, so long as we don't have to provide any clinical data, we'll have them ready by fall. No one had a problem with that. So we can expect to see that in the fall, I guess, <laughs> because there's clearly no uh, clinical data that's going to be necessary for it. You just couldn't make it up, could you? No. You couldn't make it up. Yeah. It just shows you how in bed uh, the FDA is with, with all the pharma companies too. It's like, oh, we don't want to provide any clinical data for this one. And they're like, mm, yeah, okay, we're okay with that. That's fine. <laughs> Unbelievable. Yeah, we know where their allegiances lie. Yeah. Yeah. So I believe that's our show for today. Did you have anything more to add, Elliot? No, I think that's everything for today. That's our latest um, vaccine roundup. We'll be that's back the next bad week news. with another another vaccine roundup because that's what our shows consist of now. <laughs> Anywho, thanks a lot for joining us. Uh, be sure to like and subscribe if you are so inclined to do so. Share this widely, and we will see you all on the next one. See you guys. Bye.